Season 4, Episode 68, our weekend episode with my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero. And, oh, yes, we just had such rich stupidity this week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, it's going to be kind of a bummer to have to go on, like, a three-week hiatus. But, unfortunately, that, well, I won't say unfortunately, for you, unfortunately, because you're going to be probably going on a stupidity starvation diet. So yes, this is the next to the last episode uh, before we have a summer hiatus, uh, because I'm going to Scotland, and we'll be spending several weeks there, well, and Ireland too, okay? I, I, I do have a, a wee bit of Irish, but mostly Scottish and English, but yes, we're taking a a 25th wedding anniversary trip to Ireland and Scotland, flying into Dublin, going to the Cliffs of Moor, but I will not kiss the Blarney Stone. Who knows how many lips have been on that thing. I think I can get my good luck somewhere else. Uh, but then we'll go from Dublin to Edinburgh and uh, travel up to Loch Ness and Inverness and Aberdeen and um, come back down and return back to Edinburgh to come back home. So, and uh, yes, I, I would like to get a kilt when I'm in Scotland, but don't think we have the money for that. Just to say I can wear a kilt in a true Scottish fashion, and then I can, you know, be able to wear it in a high wind and see what happens. I don't know. But at any rate, next week will be the last week of podcasts until June. So um, we'll pick things up back in June, and um, we've got a lot to talk about when we get back together in June. My trip to Scotland my second great nephew, and uh, all the stupidity that happened during the second half of May. But for that, for the, for the most part, um, we got plenty of stupidity right now. He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. voice of sanity in our insane world, or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. Welcome to my stupid world, our weekend edition here, and don't forget folks, if you see something stupid, say something stupid, and I'm telling you, I'm going to say most everything that you hear on this episode is true. Uh, none of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. And I say most of the things, most of the stories, because there is one story in this particular episode that, well, everybody thought was true until the Associated Press decided to do a little fact-checking. So yes, while most of the stories are completely true, I couldn't pass over the one story that was not true but everyone thought that it was. And, um, well, I have got to thank some of my listeners for referring this to me because when I first saw it, I thought, boy, there's no way I can pass this one up. It's coming later on here in this episode. But here's one, though, that's always fun to watch. It's probably never fun to be a part of. This just goes to show you why I don't like to fly. 
It's not that I'm afraid of heights. It's not that I'm afraid of plane crashing. It's because of all the stupid people that are on airplanes, uh, like passengers on a Southwest uh, Airlines flight who got themselves good and annoyed by the constant screams on board. But it wasn't just from a baby. <laughs> no, these are screams from a grown-up adult throwing a wing-ding conniption fit over the screams of a baby. Yes, a crying child, which you know every plane's got one, swearing up a storm as they were all stuck in the air and nobody could escape. Of course, look, I've, like you, been all just more than a little annoyed with the persistent crying baby thing, right? But let's just say this dude took it to a whole other level. I mean, the freakout was even caught on camera, as you might expect, as he loudly griped about how he paid for a comfortable flight and got this instead. You know, I'm going to be taking, hopefully, a comfortable flight in a few more weeks to spend about two weeks in Ireland and Scotland. And it's going to be a long flight from uh, New Jersey to um, Edinburgh and to Dublin. And these stories don't give me any hope. The passenger that's taking the video in this particular instant, though, you can actually hear them laughing about this man who probably caused a bigger disruption than the baby did that he was even complaining about. The man says a whole lot of wild stuff in the clip, screaming at the top of his lungs, asking if the baby paid more for crying privileges. The flight attendants are trying to point out that he's yelling in the cabin, and the man responds, so is the baby. The attendant hits him back with the perfect response. You're a man. Well, it actually doesn't end once the flight lands either. By the way, um, it was because he was then greeted by the cops at the airport and um, seemingly escorted out. And yes, we will have that placed in the um, In St. Eric Lane Stupid World Telegram channel. So, if you haven't downloaded the Telegram Messenger app, you might want to get that so you can enjoy some good entertainment. Because it's it's more fun to watch it from this side than if you're seating, sit, seated in an airline right next to the guy, you know? You know. Well, uh, and, and, and I love this. this. This is sort of like a story you're going to hear later on, but I just love the fact that the whole internet fell for this. It's just wonderful. But now, believe it or not, we've got more people than you might have expected who actually want somebody to make this. This is a fake product. It's called Baby Mute. It went viral. What it is, as you might expect, is a mask that you might strap to your kid's head to muffle their crying. In fact, maybe the fellow in the story before this probably could have used one. The fake website claims for this particular product that it quiets the sound of babies by 87%. Now, actually, if you want to check it out, there's actually a website called babymute.com. Now, at first glance, it actually looks legit. There's even a photo of a kid wearing one and another one that shows it in the packaging. Now, the tagline is, muzzle your baby during long flights and movie nights. Now, if you try to order, it says they're currently sold out. And there's also a Q&A section and even some five-star reviews and 
two photos of doctors who supposedly helped to develop the mask. The doctors' names, they're a big tip-off that it's fake because, well, let's just say they're both R-rated. The site says a guy named Brad Goss is behind it. And, well, that's partly true. It's, you know, he's a comedian from Canada who posted a link to Instagram. And, of course, it went viral after someone posted a screenshot on Reddit. A lot of people that fell for it got actually a little angry because it just didn't seem safe or maybe they thought it was cruel. Brad says the whole thing was just supposed to be a joke. He made the site using chat GPT and created the images with another AI program called mid journey. But I'll tell you, I mean, honestly, when you see this thing, you might think, you know, that fellow on the Southwest Airlines flight that pitched a fit, I think both he and the baby could have used one. And you know that we talk about Florida a lot on this podcast. I have my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, who will be with us here in the next segment. But Florida sometimes, you know, gets a bad rap, right? But it's just not fair to judge an entire state by its endless supply of stupid criminals. This, however, is really dumb. The authorities in Florida decided to test a mobile emergency alert system. And they did that by sending everyone a loud alarm on their smartphones at 4.45 in the morning. Millions of people were abruptly awakened to a message on their phone saying, Test! This is a test of the emergency alert system. No action is required. Now, later the government actually apologized and admitted they kind of botched it. It wasn't meant to be sent out to phones that early, obviously. It was, was supposed to play on TV. It probably even startled your grandparents in Fort Lauderdale who were waiting for the morning paper. Actually, here's a Floridian talking about getting woken up and uh, Alan Harris, a Seminole County emergency manager, talking about the importance of those alerts. It woke me up. I thought something was going on. While it was very inconvenient, it is very important tool in our, our arsenal to send out information to the public. It's the only way for emergency officials, uh, the government, to notify the community of tornadoes, wildfires, evacuations. This is our one way of getting information to the public. Now, a Republican politician says he's uh, planning to file a bill called the Stop Wake Act to ban tests from happening between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. Of course... There's kind of a playoff, a playful riff on the state's Stop Woke Act, if you follow Florida headlines. But now look, the only, usually the only thing that triggers an emergency alert in Florida is when someone runs out of beer. You know, I've, of course, the way I figure it, most people in Florida are just <clears throat> getting in at around 445 in the morning, you know. <clears throat> well, as we're keeping things in Florida, you may find this to be a little, well, Florida. Okay, you've heard of the trophy wife, right? You ever heard about a trophy-throwing wife? Got a 64-year-old woman in Jacksonville, Florida. Her name is Glenda Turner. She got arrested after getting into a great big argument with her husband, John. It all started, reportedly, because he bought the wrong kind of pickles. It's unclear which pickles he bought or which pickles she preferred, but... Nevertheless, it the whole thing escalated, and at some point, Glenda picked up a wooden novelty piece and threw it at John's ankle. Then she grabbed a 
trophy football, which was in a plastic case, and tried to throw that as well, but she lost her balance, and it apparently fell back on her, causing a minor injury. And at some point, the police came and arrested Glenda for domestic violence, but John did not want to press charges, I guess. <clears throat> Maybe it's because she didn't break his trophy. No word on whether or not they ever got the right kind of pickles. There's been plenty of fights over pickles. I mean, I just remember the story, I think I've even told this with my insane Florida nephew of my sister, which would be his mother, and getting into this big, blown-out argument with my mother over who drank the pickle juice. Somebody got into the pickle jar and sucked out all the pickle juice, leaving the dry pickles in the jar. Now, both me and my sister like pickle juice, but my mother um, was yelling at me. She thought I had gotten into it. And of course, I got furiously mad. And about that time, my dad gets in the middle of it. And then my sister comes in and sees what's going on and makes a comment saying, well, I had some pickle juice. And my mother looks at my sister and said, you drank the pickle juice. So my dad being the referee, he made me apologize to my mother, made my mother apologize to me, made my sister apologize to my mother. You know, yeah, pickles can be a dividing thing in families, you know, really. So let that be a lesson. Well, there's a 24-year-old man in South Carolina named Alan Riggs who was arrested for trying to ruin the mood. He did it by cocking his gun. Here's the strange part. Alan still lives with his ex-wife. <laughs> and he got angry when he heard her getting it on with her new boyfriend upstairs. <laughs> so he tried banging on the walls to get him to knock it off. But, well, that didn't work. So he gets his gun and cocks it in an attempt to ruin the mood. Well, it worked. He went back to the couch and started playing mobile video games. <laughs> Well, the ex and her boyfriend told the police they heard this racking sound of a firearm and stopped. The ex also said she went downstairs and saw Alan holding the gun, and he threatened her with it. And, of course, as you might expect, Alan got charged with a felony. Of course, it's a good thing the psycho didn't fire off around. I mean, well, his ex-wife's boyfriend sure did, I'm sure. But this man shouldn't have you know, pulled out a gun. But then again, I guess the new boyfriend didn't have to pull out his love gun either, you know? So I guess it kind of worked both ways, right? There's a lot of pain and suffering for just a few inches, right? I think this might illustrate this uh, story, okay? Yeah, I know, pain and suffering for just a few inches. I know, and you're thinking that's what she said. Okay, well, but have you ever wished you were a few inches taller? Now, well, here's a solution. How about this? If you feel like that you could probably use a few extra inches. How about having your legs surgically lengthened? Well, this is becoming more popular than ever. In fact, NBC News just profiled a 26-year-old guy named Alex who had it done. He was 5 feet 7 inches. Now he's 5 feet 10 inches. But it was not, a, a, it was not a, an easy process. Okay? They basically break both your legs up around your thighs. Then they insert a rod in each of those, and then the new bone so it slowly starts to grow. Now, the rods work on like a remote that lengthens them up to one millimeter per day 
for the next three to four months. Now, remember the story that I told about from an earlier episode where men were getting their jawbones broken and then reattached with metal rods to give them a more manly facial appearance? Now we're doing it to our legs. Well, this guy, Alex, was able to get around using a walker after his uh, surgery. Then he switched to a cane. So now you're basically, basically, you know, for all practical purposes, disabled for a while. And you got lots of physical therapy to go through just for three more inches. Regardless, though, Alex is happy with the results. He says he never wanted to be just tall. He just wanted to be just tall enough for people to stop making comments about his height. He says making fun of someone's height is still acceptable for some reason. So you might think for all of this um, modesty, I guess, how much does something like this cost you? Well, Alex says he was set back about $100,000 for the total cost. And of course, it was not covered by insurance. Well, most of it wasn't. The surgeon that did it said he expects to do around 50 leg lengthening procedures in a year. That's up from 20 about a year ago. And it sounds like most of these patients are men and not all of them are young. Now, he says even guys in their 60s have expressed interest. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I swear this is the real thing and I'm not pulling your leg, okay? 75 grand to 100 grand to have your legs lengthened. I don't know, whatever happened to things like elevator shoes, you know? And you have to have both thighs broken? Sounds like it'd be a good side hustle for an ex-mobster. Hey, hey, Vinny, we got a guy here who needs a couple of his legs broken. Hey, can you, can you help me out? <laughs> Gosh. And here I thought, instead of leg lengthening surgery, men were more obsessed about lengthening something else. <clears throat> Which just proves that men will never learn. It's not about the size, but how you use your legs, I guess. Wow. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Broken jaws and broken legs, all to be taller and manlier. No. Well, anyway, here's a bizarre story. We have two fires of different kinds. We have an intense fire that broke out of Disneyland, California, when a massive prop dragon lit up during Phantasmic. Now, you may have heard about this story, but we got audio from a video that was captured by one of the patrons watching the show as the fire ignited. Oh! Oh! And then the head caught fire, and then the entire body went up. Poor dragon. Didn't make it. Although the flames erupting from the 45-foot-tall animatronic dragon were dramatic. The Anaheim Fire Department said there were no injuries that were reported, according to KABC. Uh, 28-year-old Ryan Locks, who's a Los Angeles video producer and an annual season pass holder, was watching the show near Disneyland's Tom Sawyer Island when the fire broke out. He says it was a big, giant fireball. Then they began pushing people out. Uh, Locks uh, estimated about 1,000 park guests had to be packed inside the area to be watching the spectacular, which normally features digital flames, colored fountains, and pyrotechnics. Images and videos all have been shared on social media showing actual flames shooting up over the park. I guess still, though, nothing is more up in flames than those Disney films these days, you know. Usually the only thing that goes up in flames at Disneyland is your money. It took forever to put the flames out because, like everything else, 
the fire department had to wait in line. <laughs> well, and then meanwhile, fire number two of a different kind, involving a 26-year-old worker at the other Disney park, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Florida, has now admitted he has been taking upskirt videos of hundreds of guests stopping at Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities in the Star Wars-themed Galaxy's Edge park, or, uh, park area. A witness reported seeing Jorge Diaz Vega shooting one of his videos, and, well, when police went to question him, he reportedly fessed up and told him everything. He said he'd been doing it for six years for his own, quote, sexual gratification, according to the arrest warrant obtained by WESH. Now, he was charged with video voyeurism. <laughs> did he really say that upskirt clips were hard to find online? You know, did he really think that? Maybe he's never heard of Pornhub. I don't know. But cops knew they had their guy whenever they walked in and saw Diaz Vega molesting a stuffed baby Yoda doll in the men's room, hand, men's room handicap stall, you know? Jeez. Well, there was an arrest made on Florida's Sanibel Island, and that's ignited debate after a news spread that a man had been charged with DUI on a bicycle. Sanibel police made that arrest after spotting their suspect in the dark, according to the news release. Police said a male on a bicycle was observed traveling on the roadway with no front or rear light. Further investigation led to the bicyclist being arrested for DUI. The subject was transported to the Lee County Jail, where his breath alcohol content level was determined to be more than twice the legal limit. Now, this 56-year-old man was actually visiting the island from Maryville, Tennessee, and police charged him with DUI on a bicycle. Records show he was booked into the jail after about 1 o'clock in the morning, and then he got released on a $1,500 bond the next day. The DUI while biking is actually a legitimate charge in Florida, according to experts. News of the arrest ignited debate on social media, with some calling it harsh. There were uh, also offers to post the suspect's bail. In fact, um, there was uh, one commenter says that uh, uh, I remember when drunk driving on bikes and lawnmowers, etc., made the funny news section. Now it's a thing, I guess. Charging with public intoxication, not DUI. I mean, this is absolutely wild, you know, yeah. Who knew they actually gave out DUIs in Florida, you know? Wow. Getting a DUI for drunkenly operating a bicycle does seem a little crazy. Well, hopefully he doesn't have to do time behind handlebars. <laughs> and residents at one Prince George uh, or Prince George's County, Maryland apartment complex has been tossing dog poop over the balconies. And, uh, well, it's apparently creating quite a mess below on the sidewalks. The discarding of the doggy do appears to be taking place in all the wrong areas. According to Fox 5, they spoke with the resident manager at the Tapestry Largo station who referred to the building's management company. While awaiting a response, the local residents had plenty to say. B.B. Stokes Davis is a realtor who works at one of the businesses attached to the building. She says whenever we have customers coming in, there's dog poop all up and down the sideway. We talked to the resident manager out here about it, and they didn't get it cleaned up. They said they were going to put the guy out who's above our property, but really nothing has been done about it. But Davis says that the residents have been dumping doggy doo over their balconies, and it's landing on the awnings and ultimately on the sidewalks. It was all down the doors and everything, she said. I would go to the front door because I'm not going to put my hands on dog poop. 
We're told this is a recurring issue from the previous year. The resident manager also told Fox 5 that tenants have been warned not to dump their doggy doo over the balcony. Boy, tossing dog poop onto the sidewalk? Jeez, it's got to be terrible, I know. But hey, it could be human poop like in San Francisco, right? This is just an awful thing to do for for anybody. Frankly, these people should be civil and just put the doggy doo in a brown paper bag and light it on fire and put it on somebody's porch and ring the doorbell. <laughs> you know? Well, I love stories from my home state. And here's one of a man in Arkansas. He got arrested for felony ear piercing because he pierced his teenage son's ear. Now, <laughs> here's the deal. The kid shows up at school with his left ear pierced. And like most big mouth kids, he goes and tells his friends his dad got drunk, put him in a chokehold, and shoved the needle in his ear. Well, apparently a teacher overheard it and contacted school officials. And the cops then showed up later at the family's house, where the father, Jeremy Sherland, admitted piercing his son's ear. But he refused to let them ask any further questions or talk to his son. So the cops goes and speaks to prosecutors and were told they could arrest Jeremy under the laws in Arkansas on unlicensed body art on a person under 16 and in an unlicensed facility. Now, the man refused arrest, so four officers had to forcibly take him into custody. The scuffle was even caught on camera by the son. And you could hear the son saying that he wanted his ears pierced. Here's when the four officers arrested Jeremy. What are y'all doing? Why are y'all doing For what? Body art without a license. This is ridiculous. Piercing his son's ear without a license <laughs> takes four cops coming into my house without permission. He got a pierced ear by his dad. I wanted my ears pierced. Cuffs on this boy for nothing. Of course, then he posted it on TikTok and wrote in the caption, I pierced my ear a year ago and he got arrested because of it. Hashtag free my boy. Hashtag cop abuse. That kind of seems like this kid has a lot of varying stories about how and when his ears are pierced. I don't know, maybe his friends were just giving him a hard time about the piercing or maybe he just wanted to sound cool. But nevertheless, the cops would probably have not been there if the kid didn't make the whole piercing sound like child abuse. You know? Thanks. You just got your dad booked into the into jail because of your big mouth. Well, here's a guy whose big mouth ended up getting himself arrested because, well, he tried to make the cops think that he had chili powder. Yeah, it's really rough when a nice evening drive with your favorite cooking spices gets interrupted by a cop where police in Florida pulls over a 34-year-old guy named Daniel Barrera for driving with a revoked license. They look inside his car. They see a large, clear bag that was filled with powder. Now, Daniel says it was chili powder his family sent to him from Guatemala. Kind of sounds delicious, right? But, well, that's not what it was. The cop tested it, and it was positive for heroin. 29.7 grams of it. That's unclear what the color was, but yeah, that could have been a tip-off. See, heroin is usually white, brown, or gray, and chili powder at the grocery store is typically bright red. 
Daniel was charged with driving with a revoked license, narcotics trafficking, and this could probably trigger a probation violation from a previous DUI conviction. And everybody, of course, is going electric, right? Got electric cars and all this kind of things. Now we've got electric bikes, okay? And, well, many folks have discovered in recent years electric bikes are a highly convenient mode of transportation. They're much cheaper than electric vehicles. They're faster than walking and less physically arduous than riding the regular manual bike where you have to use leg power. And they don't produce planet-warming pollution like cars do. Now, it does seem like these new e-bikes have caught on in a somewhat surprising place. With the Amish. <laughs> Although, you know, you might think it's commonly thought that Amish communities eschew any type of technology. That's not exactly... Uh, it's not exactly true. It's a misconception. It's, uh, of course, it, it, it's... It's not really several centuries old either. In reality, there really is no central Amish governing authority. And each individual Amish community is allowed to kind of make their own decisions about what type of uh, technology it makes use of. Now, the official tourism site for Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is obviously home of numerous Amish communities, explains this little nuance probably the best way. They say when a new technology comes along, its effect on the church and community is examined. The technology should not be an intrusion into the home, but rather serve the social purposes and goals of the group. Now, with that in mind, the Amish often repurpose the technology, in a sense, to align with their community beliefs. Which is why you see some of the Amish, who have battery-powered lights to keep their buggies from being slammed into at night, or things of that nature. So, yes, you might be seeing little Amish boys riding around on electric bikes, indeed. Yeah, well, if you're in Colorado, you might be seeing a school bus driver jake-breaking his bus. This one particular Colorado school bus driver is now facing 30 child abuse charges for slamming on the brakes of the bus. Why? To teach them kids a lesson about staying in their seats. <laughs> okay. The video obtained by KRDO 13 Investigates from inside the bus shows at least 30 Castle Rock Elementary students' faces hitting the seats in front of them from the brake check. The incident occurred when the Castle Rock Elementary School students were riding the bus home. Now, according to the report, the substitute bus driver, who's 61-year-old Brian Fitzgerald, told the Douglas County School District officials he was sorry for his actions However, he did defend them. He claimed he was trying to, quote, educate and, quote, control the students riding the bus. Here's the moment that Fitzgerald quickly stopped the bus and an interaction he had with a parent whose child was bleeding on the cheek from the abrupt stop. You guys need to be in your seat. You guys want to see how dangerous that is? That's why you need to be in your seat. Sure, right? Yeah. They have to sit in their seats. We they work. would not get bounced around if they didn't stay in their seats. We work. So I'm sorry if she got hurt, and I'm the substitute driver, and the driver that normally doesn't 
does not have any control on these kids. I was coming to a stop, and I hit the brakes hard. They were not listening. Now, the students were ranging in ages like from kindergarten to sixth grade. They were confused and startled by the jolt, obviously, which led to one of the students calling their parents and reporting the incident. Fitzgerald, who was actually hired as the bus driver by the district and back in 2022, had just finished up class less than a week before and was only half driving by himself, according to the internal school records that was reviewed by 13 investigates. He was not experienced in dealing with difficult students. Now, in the days that led up to the incident, he had only been driving special ed students. Uh, this was actually his first time driving a general education bus. He uh, faces 30 misdemeanor counts of child abuse. One of the charges carries a maximum sentence of 364 days in jail. Hmm. Well, I may, you know, maybe this is how that substitute bus driver sings uh, this famous kids song here. The wheels on the bus go. Definitely sounds like a bus driver from one of the Simpsons episodes or something. I don't know. Anyway, well, here is a nonsensical claim that started out on a satirical Facebook page. It's called Arkansas Game Fish. Now, it uses a name and a profile picture that kind of mimic those of the legitimate Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. According to the Associated Press, who put out a fact check on this claim, it said that there was a woman in Summit, Arkansas, who was arrested after she had trained deer to attack hunters and fed the animals methamphetamines. Now, the woman in the photo that's posted here in the Facebook post for this Arkansas Game Fish post uh, is actually was, uh, was arrested on multiple drug-related charges by the Indiana State Police back in 2022. There's a second photo on this Facebook post featuring a deer staring straight at the camera as it stands in a house on what appears to be a sofa bed. That was taken in Port Dover, Ontario, Canada in 2019 from a story about a deer breaking into a house. Now, the post states, quote, Bridget Watkins, 43, of Summit, Arkansas, who allegedly took fawns into her home and raised the deer with the intentions of training them to attack hunters, was taken into custody. At the time of the arrest, Watkins was in possession of several grams of meth, four deer, and many stolen, broken electronics. Attention was drawn to Watkins when she began giving meth to the young deer and they were caught rummaging through people's garages and back porches. A homeowner followed one of the deer back to Watkins' residence in an attempt to recover his property where he found himself face-to-face -face with Watkins wearing only a duct-tape bikini disassembling his clock radio. Charges pending further investigation. Unquote. <laughs> By the way, the bogus story at this point has received over 4,000 shares and more than 1,000 reactions. People actually believed it and shared it, but it's not true. The funny thing is, this satirical Facebook page, Arkansas Game Fish, clearly states on the Facebook page, it is a site for satirical material. So, hey. If it's on the internet, it's got to be true, right?
don't forget to rate and review the podcast with a five-star rating because I pick five-star stupidity. If your review is stupid enough, I just may feature it on an upcoming episode. Rating and reviewing helps the podcast to show up prominently in searches uh, that you, you know folks are searching for stupidity anyway. And please, share the podcast on your social media so you're not stingy with your stupidity. And don't forget, click that subscribe button too so you don't miss any new stupid episodes. You can also avoid any annoying buffering whenever you're in crappy cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode. And I recommend using the Podcast Addict app for optimum performance. It's free at your app store, but there are two types of paid versions as well. And by the way, I myself have already made one of the paid versions and still love it. This is just one of the two feeds that you get every week, of course. The midweek bonus episode features the Insane Week in Review, and the Genius Awards for the More Stupendous Stupidity is also included. The weekend episode always features Pancho Guero, my insane Florida nephew, where Pancho will also answer your questions with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. Test your skills against Pancho with the Insane Game Show. And if you download the Telegram Messenger app, you can also join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. Read the articles from each of the episodes' stupidity. Comment about what you've read share the articles with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast, too. So get a preview and a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available free in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And don't forget, follow me using the handle at insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter and visit my website, at InsaneEricLane.com. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Big reveal been revealed. Well, hi there. What? I just you pop in right now. <laughs> I have just 
popped in for a moment. Yes, indeed. So, how, how did things pop with the the big uh, birthday party reveal? Oh, that's right. I had it. Oh man, yeah. So they they popped uh, blue with another. Uh, we we've got another boy on the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my 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 big question you were is. Right. Well, you know, I I had I had a hunch. I'm not that good at predicting babies, you know, but um, you got a I, you got a fifty fifty chance. So you know. fifty chance. That's right. Uh, what the big question is is how did Little Poncho react? <laughs> did he even understand what was happening? Uh, well, you know, Little Poncho knew already because he overheard. Uh, my, my wife ended up having to tell her parents. A, because oh. she's like, I gotta tell someone, and and B, because <laughs> my mother-in-law would would judge my wife so hard if she didn't yeah. say anything, and right. so so she actually told them, and he overheard from that, and he kind of got it enough. So we're like, ah, oh, we just told him he knew. Yeah, one yeah. person that attended the party was smart enough to go to him. He, he was uh, he's eleven years old. Yeah, one of the um the kids of, a, of one of the families we invited from our church, and. He goes up to, to my son and starts asking if we're having a boy or girl. In which case, you know, little Poncho, you know, says <laughs> he's having a boy, and then uh, he's like, "I got it." And I was like, "This, that's genius level IQ right there." So, yeah. So uh, one family got the the news, you know, like an hour earlier than everybody else. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> that's just too funny. Yeah, you know, some things like that you have to you have to learn to keep a control on some things, you know. But but yeah. So uh, we've got uh, what do we we got? Pon- little Poncho one, Little Poncho two. How are we gonna di- differentiate between the two? Oh, I know. Yeah, this is. I'll, I'll have to come up with something here. Um, I was. <laughs> uh, I, I really wasn't anticipating. Uh, you know, I was ready for Poncha and and Poncho or Ponchito. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should let Mrs. Poncho decide. What 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 the new what the nickname should be? So you know, but that's uh, that's good. You know, and and I'll be honest with you. We know my my wife thought you know when we first got married that she would like to have some girls, and now she comes back and says she's actually thankful that we didn't because she doesn't. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And so she wasn't sure because she she uh, like leads these little small groups at at uh, the the school she teaches and. This this amount of drama with all these girls in these small groups is enough to just push her over the edge. Oh, for sure. I, and I'm I'm a very my wife and I both are very non-drama people, which right. is amazing. Like I oh gosh, because a lot of a lot of lady like a lot of women I know and 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 women I've been you know there, there's a couple people I've dated before very drama heavy. Oh yeah, I think it. And so having a lady who's very she's very girly and very feminine, but not dramatic at all. She does yeah. not do reality TV and all this. Like, I'm very <laughs> blessed. I feel. I feel very. I've got like a unicorn. I think when it comes to uh, Mrs. Pacho. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I, I well, will say. You know, we, um, I, I don't think that that uh, Mrs. Pacho would be happy if I shared the two names that we were thinking of at the moment. But we've got two names in mind. One of them sounds significantly more Hispanic than the other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or or Italian, depending. Uh, oh, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. But we would spell you know, it my feeling in, in the is, Mexican you know, way, I guess. What, my, my feeling is this. you know, I think we should just name our kids like we name our pets. We just keep them for a couple of weeks and see how they behave and then come up with a name based upon that. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think that really the name I could refer to him as. We could say Panchito and Chamaco or something, uh, <laughs> or Travieso, depending on you know. Chamaco uh, is kind of like a, like a you know I guess like a nickname for kids like. Oh yeah, <laughs> you there know. you go. I mean, you can call like a troublemaker or something, or like a rascal. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know the best uh, way, but Travieso would literally change it to like troublemaker, and so. Well, you know they you know, say. That could be they, a good one. They say that this is this is like God's way of of getting even with us. Sometimes, you know, the first kid comes out and it's relatively, you know, easy and not as difficult as you thought. Then the second one comes, and then you realize, oh baby, <laughs> maybe yeah. we better stop it too. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that number two will be a little bit easier than number one. Uh, uh, I, I think I've got I've got some uh, a tool belt of of parenting skills and experience yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, it will be more than one, you know, more yeah. work and everything than one, but less of a harsh transition than zero true. to one. I think that's true. But yeah. I will say this: my my wife has said in the past that if our second child had been a firstborn child, we would have had an only child. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say that one thing with boys. Uh, my my son right now he is definitely going through a big mama's boy phase where yeah you know he says I miss mama you know yeah, and she's yeah. gone for like right. so my wife had to go to to band practice tonight for the church yeah. she's singing on Sunday morning and right. her and I kind of have to trade off on the Sundays that we we play in the band since someone's yep. got to be home with the kids. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's already missing mama before she even leaves, and oh, as, as as funny as it is. The moment that that she drives away, he starts laughing and giggling, runs yeah. back to his dinner table seat and eats the rest of his food with no problem. And this is after trying to fight through dinner a little bit. Yeah. And, and I was like, were you just causing a whole scene on purpose just because he's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, yeah. it turned out the whole thing was just a ploy. And yeah. um, and then, like, you know, about an hour in, he actually did get to, like, missing mama and. Right, we were right. watching Toy Story three, so it was all cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, my kids would pull kind of the same thing with my wife. You know, they would, you know, because they they knew that Mama would come and would, you know, uh, she, she wasn't really a helicopter parent. I say that she was a trampoline parent. Have you ever heard one of those? <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure if I've heard that one before. Well, this is one. I may have made this up, but I, I I have actually told this to my wife, so it's not like I'm telling tales out of school. But you know those cartoons when you know two people are chasing one another and they're running all over the place and they jump on top of a building and they're running along the edge of the roof of a building and there's somebody on the down on the ground on the sidewalk with a trampoline running all over back and forth to make sure they don't fall and if they were to fall they were to hit the trampoline you know uh, what i'm yeah. saying kind of like the kind of like the game brick well, yeah. yeah. So that's that, right. that like be, you know, on, on the old Nokia phones, I guess. Yeah. So that would be my wife. She's running around on the sidewalk below while things are happening up above. In case someone were to fall off the top of the roof, she's got the trampoline to catch them. So that's what. So, well, so that's, I will say that's kind of like how she, I think she's lived life. Yeah. B- both before and after kids. Right. Right. And and I keep thinking, let him hit the sidewalk a couple of times, you know, come on, that'll uh-huh. be good for him. But but so this is how my wife was doing it. And of course, my boys knew that's what she was doing and they were playing right into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was watching them one night and I just looked and I looked at my wife. And I said, he is playing you like a fine violin. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. Um, 
So, but it's going to be a little more busy in the uh, insane Florida nephew house here now with two boys here in the next few weeks ahead. Yeah, no, it'll be crazy come August. I, yeah. I will say that I, I will have um, uh, quite a bit of time of paternity leave as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be crazy, but I think it'll be a bit of fun as well. What What are the odds that? Uh, Pancho number two will be born on your mother's birthday. I think it's relatively uh, decent. Um, yeah. For him to be born on my mother's birthday, he'd have to be born, I think, about six days um, earlier than his due date. And right. I will say, little Pancho, uh, you know, a lot of times the first kid kind of bakes a little bit longer, you know, yeah. and a lot of times you even need to get induced. Right. Um, with with little Pancho, he was actually two days early, which I think is like the perfect time for it yeah. for all of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, didn't have to be induced. It was all natural. And so it made it, it, it pregnant. Like the, the labor wasn't zero to 60. And, and so it actually <laughs> wasn't as, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, like, that's a big difference between, with the level of pain I, you're going to have like, a given yeah. birth. Right. And right. so, you know, when you have to be induced, those are always the most painful experiences when people talk about when they have kids. Sure, uh, you sure. know, M- Mrs. Poncho, she walks in uh, to the hospital and she's just like, please let me in. I hope I'm at least three centimeters dilated. And yeah. it turns out she's already like seven centimeters dilated. And, and you know, the doctor previously kind of said, well, well she's kind of in the, um, you know, g- getting prepped to see if she's going to go. And they're like, what's the pain level? Is there before they check? She's like, I don't know, five out of ten, I guess. Like, yeah. she's like I've got no frame of reference for this, really. So. And it turns out she's like seven centimeters already almost good to go. Like, so, you know, yeah. they're like, you don't even need an epidural. No, she took wow. it. But, um, but like, I was impressed. I was like, you know what? She is a, a weenie head junior. Uh, <laughs> but she's also a big SpongeBob fan. So we make a lot of SpongeBob references. Um, uh, she's a super weenie head junior. We, I was, I was making jokes that we have to go to weenie head general uh, hospital. Gosh. And, uh, and, and she, like, she just rocked it. Uh, uh, it was, so I was like, look, I can't say anything anymore. I, with that being said, you know, the second child tends to be a little bit quicker and, and you've already got the road paved, I yep, guess. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so if we've already had like two days early and, and it's the second child, I think there's a good chance that, it, that he could come, you know, a little early and, uh, could fall on my mom's birthday. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you said something like having the road paved. It, it, it maybe you could have even said the road's been plowed. But plowed. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're. Uh, well, I, I know the, 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 the field being plowed is what landed us in this. Well, uh, you know, yeah, in the first that's, place. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, uh, I guess that's pretty, also seeds being sown. See, you sown your or seeds. Oats. That's Some right. That's, too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's right. All those euphemisms <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, well, it's all, I, all the same thing. I know here, here in, in our abode, I know that uh, at least one person is breathing a deep sigh of relief today because, um, well, you know, I finally got my passport so I can now travel to Scotland <laughs> in, in May. Ah, that's right. So now you have the yeah. opportunity, to, just enough time that you could have a chance to misplace or lose it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I really, really did think about maybe just not telling her that I got it until uh, like two days. <laughs> you know, that would be that would be funny. You, you can't imagine how mad that she would be. Oh you no, that's that. right, that's right. And, and, you know, the, the thing is, you know, you know, I I wasn't really that concerned about it. You know, in fact, her getting worked up about it was actually starting to begin to you know accelerate my adrenaline <laughs> levels. You know, yeah, so you're like, I just want to get it over with. Let's hear. <laughs> hey, I was ready to make a fake one out of construction paper and crayon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to to the you know State Department's website and checking on the the whole process, and it's saying on the website that uh, you know it takes you know normally six to nine weeks, but they've had such a high demand of Americans traveling, they've had to readjust their processing time. Okay. So now they're saying it's going to be as of March 24th, it's going to take maybe 13 weeks, you know, and I'm reading her all this stuff and she's just thinking that I'm going to get on the plane by myself. What do you want me to bring you back for a souvenir? <laughs> so, you know, and so, I mean, I really wasn't that worried about it. In all fairness, I was just thinking, I don't want to get her so wound up so tight, but still I just, oh, it, it really, She's got everything nailed down. She wants to know what what my what what's my plans when I get there. And I'm like, I have no plans. I just want to go and drive and see. I want to stay in the castle. I want to eat haggis. <laughs> That's about it, you know. Huh. So, but you're, I mean, you're actually going to eat the haggis. Oh, I'm going to eat the haggis, and, and I I think I am going to take at least a, a shot of Irish whiskey and some good Scottish whiskey and see which one's the best. Okay, but. But she she's got all of her stuff. All she's got, you know, the, the itinerary. She's got the rental car. She's got all this stuff. Got her substitute teacher for her class all scheduled. I mean, she's got it all uh, ready to go. You know, so that's, that's it. And, and and now she's got new things to worry about as well, huh? New new things like uh, what? Possibly. I, I well, I would think like the substitute teacher. Maybe showing up uh, to the class drunk. I've had that happen oh, before. Oh, yeah. You don't know really who you're going to get for a substitute teacher sometimes. No, you know? no. Um, or, or you could get this, and this uh, maybe maybe this will be in a future, uh, you know, poncho household thing as well. If we get more <laughs> boys coming, um, what what if the teacher also put together a fight club? Oh, now that's something to mm. that would be something new. It would be, uh, and I, I was saying we've we've actually got a story, uh, like might uh, give some inspiration to that, or really I guess it'd be like copywriting at that point because <laughs> there, there's a Texas teacher who's a substitute teacher. Uh, he might be facing some legal trouble, uh, and I think that's a very likely might after turning her middle school classroom into a fight club. <laughs> now I'm surprised. I, I, I'm surprised that it's a her. Doing that anyways, because I, I can't really see. Uh, I don't know. I envision like a, a, a male substitute teacher for some reason in this. Right, right. Um, the only reason she was caught is because a student took video of the incident. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't. They, they forgot the number one rule of Fight Club, and it's that you don't talk about Fight Club, right? Right, uh, right. So they shouldn't have been caught. In theory, it was supposed to be foolproof. Yeah. Um, well, she even took things so far as to create rules and post a guard at the door. <laughs> so uh, this is what a district official said. NBC5 reports that the sub had been fired and uh, police are now investigating the incident at Kimborough um, Middle School. 
<laughs> here we've got audio here of a parent of one of the students of the class. Her name is Beatrice Martinez. She explains how she feels about what happened. I was devastated. I was like, I couldn't watch the full video. I had to stop it multiple times because I didn't think it was real. I said, this must be a prank. This, this is not real. Who in their right mind? Because I trust my child to go to school, but I also trust the staff to keep my kids safe. Now, Beatrice's daughter, who is remaining anonymous, I'm assuming it last name is Martinez, but I guess yeah. good luck finding... Uh, right. you know, there's a lot of Martinez. Um, well, out of fear of retaliation, uh, she's remaining anonymous. She said that the teacher even pushed desks aside to create a space for the 12 oh. and 13 year olds to brawl. <laughs> I think naturally, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to create like a ring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some left the classroom bleeding. So oh. I, maybe the, maybe the, the uh, first sign of, of something wrong is when, you know, 12 different kids show up to the nurse's office uh, in need of um, need, need bandages, stitches. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, in the video uh, provided to NBC5 in, in the school district, the teacher can be heard saying that she does not want this on record <laughs> and threatened to take students' phones away if they had them out. Oh, in the video, a total of at least four students are seen fighting each other in two sets of one-on-one -on -one fights. Wow. So I will say at least you're doing one-on-one -on -one fights. It's a little bit more admirable, I think. Um uh, look, all of this is bad. I get it. Uh, it. It's unknown how many students actually engaged in the fighting. Um, yeah. Now, a timer can be heard going off at points during the fights, <laughs> with the teacher calling out 30 seconds before one uh, fight began. Martinez's daughter uh, said that the fights were encouraged after a conversation with the students were having with the teacher. <laughs> Martinez said her daughter was being antagonized to fight three girls during the incident, as some called out names of students to fight each other. Oh. The fights concluded when the bell rang. Martina says that her daughter is now getting threats from other students for reporting it, something oh. she says is also unacceptable. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I saw the video of this thing, and it's like, honestly, I mean... The, How wild is it? It's, it I need it, to check this out. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, what it, is, it looks like the kid was filming it under the desk or something. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I mean, you see some of the kids going at it and the teacher walking around like the referee. It, it's it's uh, pretty stupid. I'm thinking what part of her what part of her teaching certificate was part was a part of putting together a fight club for middle school students. Unbelievable. That is uh, no, that's, uh, I, I need to watch this video is really what what's going on. Oh, my gosh. It's so wild. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're homeschooling. I mean, that's yeah. actually what we plan on doing. You know, uh, yeah. this just gives more reason. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've had some, I've had some real loser substitute teachers, but nothing quite like this. My favorite substitute teacher was poor old Miss Bess Hooper. She was like a school teacher from the 1940s, you know, and she, she still in her 80s was going to substitute teach, and she came to school in her white Ford Falcon with her navy blue dress with white polka dots and her navy blue pearl looking earrings and she had snow white hair and she would park her, her Ford Falcon right in front of the school. And everyone knew it was Miss Hooper. You know, she would get out of the, of, the, of the car and she would slowly make her way up the 30 steps of the front of the high school. And the entire student body would loudly count every step as she walked up the steps <laughs> of the high school. <laughs> and, and so she she was going to teach 
some, I, I forget she was she was going to substitute teach uh, part of the I guess babysitters for the book learning part of our driver's education class. So we're all sitting in the classroom, and you know it was a small school, so we had to share classrooms. So the driver's ed class was actually in the business classroom with the adding machines on the desks, right? So we're sitting in here with adding machines on the desk, and. Finally, Mrs. Hooper comes walking in and looks around and she says, is this the driver's ed class? And we said, no, ma'am, this is business. And she left and stayed gone for 45 minutes looking for the right class. <laughs> we sent the poor woman all around the school. <laughs> so that, that was my experience with substitute teacher, you know. But My, my experience was uh, a guy coming into my, my was it freshman biology honors class and there was a it was a test today so literally all you had to do was sit there and hand tests out oh, while kids yeah. take the test and, and, and it's easy you can't get easier than that well he comes in and starts going off on all kinds of weird tangents about things oh, and then he's like no you know i'm not gonna hand the test out yet because he needs to finish saying all the things that whatever and he's <sighs> slurring his speech he's making nonsense well uh someone else comes in uh, who's like one of the deans of the school, and he, uh, you know, he's like, uh, everyone, um, go take a second lunch right now, and uh, yeah, just take another lunch. We'll be, and then while we're on lunch, I see this guy being, uh, I guess, escorted by uh, some police officers to another, uh, you know, trailer. I guess that they had, they had some like, like kind of trailers for some of the the freshman yeah. classes out there. And the guy, the guy had alcohol in his briefcase and was drunk, and we never. Had to retake. We, that was a test that we never took. Oh, I never got a grade wow. for it. It didn't count for or against me. Oh, and so wow. all of us were a little thankful, honestly, about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's crazy. Well, you know, you might think that maybe something was – somebody was doing a little nipping in this, this story here with a couple of burglars. They weren't quite uh, paying close attention to what was going on whenever they decided to uh, – break into some homes in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And well, they, you know, I've managed to snap up thousands of dollars worth of tools and unwittingly grabbed a security camera. Uh, but they forgot to check to see if it was still running because it actually was still transmitting as they took it. In fact, it was actually still transmitting from their own kitchen a week later. Okay. The, the, the men snatched thousands of dollars worth of tools from this house that was located on 74th Street and Silver Springs Drive there in Milwaukee. And the security camera they grabbed literally captured the very moment they, they stole it, along with the tools, which were all being rehabbed at the time. The real estate broker saw the entire thing. Now, both the Holmes real estate broker and the local police now have access to the video footage. Realtor Erica Winship of Premier Point Realty said somebody picked up the camera and said, oh, what's this? And they bagged it, not even knowing that it was still active. So here's Erica talking about what happened here. They took around $8,000 in tools. They also took a camera, which was hidden, which they did not know that would operate pretty much anywhere. So it's operating on their dining table right now. We can see everything. We're seeing people doing drugs. We're seeing people talk about how they sold the stuff, where the money went. So because the house was vacant, the burglars literally kicked the front door open. They spent some time inside, and but it's literally what happened later that really led to their arrest. They, so the realtor shares the video a week after the burglary, 
It's still in the home of the burglar. And Winship says that she can only assume that they don't even realize the camera is still transmitting. So the battery, <laughs> I love it. I, I, it's, oh, it's fantastic. The battery-operated camera uses the cellular network, and it's still transmitting a week after it was stolen. So Milwaukee police tells the TV station there, WISN 12 News, they're continuing to investigate, but at this point, no arrests have been made. But I don't think they'll have any trouble tracking them down, that's for sure. I'm like, is it still transmitting to this day? I don't um, know. I, I, I would, I would assume by now they probably, you know, made made their move on the guys, you know. But still, a week later, it's still, tra- and and they're watching these burglars, and they're like talking about the drug deals that they've made and all this kind of thing going. On. It's all being live, live streamed, basically, and they don't even know I mean, it. That's that's brilliant, anyway. So like now you've got them on video or camera and with incriminating evidence about other crimes. Yeah, uh, in my mind, I'd love to see it like propped up on their shelf, where you could basically watch everything that they're doing as well. Oh yeah, um, you know, and in spite of all of this, I'm sure there's going to be at least one attorney that's crazy enough that would be willing to defend them in court. Oh yeah, there's always. I I mean, you also have public defenders, I guess. Uh, no matter what, you got to. But yeah, there'll be someone that'll be willing to say <laughs> it was some kind of like I don't know what, like uh, you know. Your right to privacy or something. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. Your your right yeah. to privacy, invasion of their privacy. So it has to be thrown out of court. Can't be considered. That is so funny. Um, I well, look, these guys are um, I guess what well, I guess trapped by their own um, well, stupidity. Entrapped by their yeah. own stupidity for the crimes. You know, they're entrapped for their own crimes. Uh, well, this this teen was trapped. Uh, for his own stupidity, instead, uh, in a in a claw machine, um, <laughs> which kind of makes you go, huh? And, and that's why I had to pick this story. This is this is funny. Um, all right, so there's a 13 year old boy who got stuck in a claw machine at a North Carolina amusement park. Now, according to Courtney C. McGarry Weber, a spokesperson uh, for for the Carowinds Park just south of Charlotte. The boy climbed inside the Cosmic XL bonus game in an attempt to steal one of the plush prizes. Wow. The game is, is manufactured by the B-Log Group, which is headquartered in Belgium and has offices in the U.S., Germany, and Spain. Well, according to the company's website, the Cosmic XL bonus game is about six and a half feet tall, nearly five <laughs> feet wide, and five feet deep, making it much bigger than the average claw game. Yeah. Park park officials were alerted just before 2 p.m. that uh, he was stuck inside, prompting a response team to have to unlock the machine to free him. The boy was released to his guardian after receiving first aid, but not before suffering severe disciplinary consequences. Weber said that he had been uh, banned from Carowinds for a year. That's what he gets for trying to cheat. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. Wow. Now, and by my mind, I just love, like, you know, you've seen it in, like, different sitcoms or something of, like, you know, someone's head peeking up through the all the stuffed animals in there from yep. inside the claw machine. Um, yep. I, I think they should have insisted that the Guardian used the claw to get the boy out, though. That would have been um, fun. Yeah, they yeah. made a little extra money, charge extra for it. 
Well, exactly. And good luck getting that because, you know, those things are hard enough to get with a, a light stuffed animal. Good luck lifting a hundred pound 13 year olds, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. though, though, I don't know if you've ever tried to win something from one of those claw games. Yeah. Um, I'll just say like, you know, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm sympathetic. Uh, yeah. Little Poncho has already learned that yeah. uh, the, the futility of these. Um, why do they have to unlock the machine though? You'd think they just put 50 cents in and, pick him out with, with the claw, like you yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, I think he learned the hard way that you can't rob a theme park. Only they can do that to his parents. This is true. <clears throat> this yeah. is true. <clears throat> That's the easiest way. It's, it's, it's just like that, you know? But that, that would five, have been... that Five or six dollar bottled water. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, it would have still been lot, lots of fun if somebody could try their skills and let the kids stay in there for the entirety of the day. You know, that's as his punishment. Make him stay in there until somebody could pick him up with a claw. You know, you know what? I, if I was a parent, I'd love to say that I'd have the restraint to to go with that. You know, yeah. Be like, yeah, we'll, be, we'll call it time served if we leave you in here until closing time. Yeah, that's it. That, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. That you know. So well, the great thing know, is I could get in line for other rides. I don't have to worry about them going anywhere and getting into other trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're you're pretty or much well contained. Or anything like yeah. Yeah, you're, you're well contained. You know, it's, go and go and enjoy the whole park. You stay trapped in the little claw machine, play with all your stuffed animals. So you know that that would be. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and, and good luck, like you said, trying to catch that guy with with a claw because that that's next to impossible but uh i know just just like the the story i read before the cameras catch everything <clears throat> okay not much not many things cameras don't miss everywhere you go and now everybody's got these doorbell cams and you know it's to the point now that you know you walk down the street and you got six cameras <laughs> on you at any one moment you know with all these doorbell cams so and uh such was the case for a boston marathon runner he was caught on a doorbell cam dropping his shorts on somebody's front lawn to relieve themselves during the 26.2 mile race. So, <laughs> oh yeah, more than 30, well, it gets even better. More than 30,000 marathoners were partaking in this annual run from uh, Hopkinton, <laughs> Massachusetts to downtown Boston. Many of them fishing and finishing in <clears throat> third, fourth, fifth, or, or three, four or five hours more, uh, or more uh, just, trying to forego a bathroom break to try to win the marathon, right? But this one runner, it was just too long to wait. Now, in the video, the marathon participant can be seen in the far corner of the front lawn of this house, dropping their pants and squatting down. About eight <laughs> seconds, yeah, in, uh, eight seconds into the video, a spectator walks down the home's front pathway, stops in their tracks, and they notice the runner answering the call of nature. <laughs> With their shorts around their ankles. Yet, you know, that is the one position that you really don't want to be caught in in any moment. <laughs> any moment no, you, know? you don't. <laughs> so the, the runner and the spectator appear to get into this rather awkward standoff. <laughs> You know, and they, they two, the two of them are staring each other down for like 20 seconds. You know, just imagine what's going through each of their minds during this 20 second time. <laughs> You know, the the runner continues to squat, and once they were finished, the runner stands up, pulls their shorts back up, and then cuts through some trees to re-enter the marathon. Now, the homeowner, whose lawn was, uh, let's just say, unexpectedly fertilized, shared the video <laughs> for Reddit, you know, and, and the titling the post, one of the marathon runners just took a dump in my yard. Video inside. 
Now, in the thread below the video, the homeowner notes that there was plenty of portable toilets located throughout the course for the runners to use and that there was absolutely zero reason for anybody to trespass to take a crap on the lawn. But some of the still visible comments on the Reddit uh, thread defended the runner's actions. One person said, look, I'm sure the runner was really embarrassed to have to do that. I, I, would, I wouldn't call her out on it any further. And that's the best part. I was thinking it was a guy. Turns out it was a girl that it was doing it. Whoa! Oh man, <laughs> that is um, that's ballsy for a lady. Yeah, man, oh man. I mean, but still, <laughs> I just would love to have been there at the moment the uh, the, the stranger and the runner met eye to eye, you know, with the shorts around the ankles, taking a squat on the front lawn. That that's that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I guess beautiful is one way to describe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's just say she bared her butt. I was gonna say that she made an ass of herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well you know um I you know I, I there's a, a a phrase I've used to say, uh, and, you know, I've heard it before when someone keeps saying the word butt too much, you know, but I yeah. don't want to, but you say butts are for pooping, but apparently, butts pooping. Butts, yeah, well, no, apparently butts aren't just for pooping in people's lawns. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are other things that could be done with the butt, uh, that also doesn't involve an emergency room. I, I apologize. This isn't one of those stories either. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I should rewind a little bit here. Bed, bath, and beyond. Okay. They're going belly up. I, right. I mean, and this shouldn't be a surprise. This has been a long time coming, I think. Uh, right. Small towns like the ones in Belfont, Pennsylvania, which I think is uh, right. Uh, that's right in your neck of the woods. I right, believe. right here in my neck of the woods. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, th it's named uh, Plums Drugs. Right. I guess there's um they're also closing their doors after yeah. 72 years. Right. So this place called Plums Drugs. Uh, been there forever. And, um, okay, so been there, but apparently not forever because yeah. they're they're closing their doors out. What? Uh, but there's also a drugstore that may be America's most beloved pharmacy, and it, it's called Butt Drugs. <laughs> butt and that drugs. is. That is butt with two T's, okay? Yes. <laughs> so it's exactly like what you're thinking. And, and yes, butt drugs has a jingle. Of course they do. And and it's not it's not just a fart. And, and we've <laughs> actually got we've actually got their their classic butt drugs commercial right here on audio. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by, and in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs. They love butt drugs. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. Ba -ba 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 we love butt drugs. Ba -ba 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 
but drugs won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. I love butt drugs. Yeah, butt drugs. Um, I guess I don't know. You supposed, like, supposed to say no to drugs, but they, I don't know if they specified if you can say yes to butt drugs or not. They, they, uh, it's been the preferred pharmacy for Corydon, Indiana, for seventy-one years. Uh, Corydon is it's a small town in southern Indiana. The closest big city is Louisville, Kentucky. It's yeah. about twenty miles east. Um, well, they announced that they were closing their doors at the end of the month. Hmm. Here are loyal customers and owner Katie Butt Becker. So I guess, you know, someone is lucky enough to have the last name, Butt, and that must be <laughs> where they get it from. So unfortunately, I, I don't think that these are suppositories, I guess. No. <laughs> um, they're, they're talking about the store closing up. What more fun can you get than having a butt shake on a Saturday afternoon? Butt was the given name, so you make it what it is. Have fun with it. The small independence we can't sustain when we're at their mercy. Even though this kind of feels like a premeditated funeral, we want to look at it as a celebration of life because there's not too many businesses that have actually been here for three generations. There were several factors, but the owner said that the biggest problem was changes in insurance reimbursement over the years. Yeah. We have a reporter on scene with more details. But Drugs is closing after 71 years. People in the town are bummed. We heard the owners were behind and must have really been feeling the pinch. Having a bad location also wrecked them. One thing for sure about butt drugs, they always had your back. They no longer had a booty and it hurt their bottom line. The remaining employees got canned and were forced to go out the back door. They'll probably knock down the building and the only thing left will be asphalt. And as the old saying goes, when one butt closes, another one opens. Reporting from the rear entrance of Butt Drugs, I'm Ben Dover. Now, Butt Drugs, they were originally founded by a pharmacist named William Butt. Uh, I'd like to think he called himself Billy Butt or something Billy like Butt. that. You know? Billy Butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's stayed in his family for three generations. That's a lot of butts. Um, That's a lot of butts. Well, over time, they embraced their name with some unique merchandise and ads, including... I love butt drugs. <laughs> yep. it's, so, it's so good. I, you know, um, that's that's genius it level is. marketing. I, I, mean, I actually got, decided this was so good. I had to use the I love butt drugs as the featured podcast art. Yes, time. look at that. They've got like <laughs> bumper stickers and an alcohol section called butt liquors. <laughs> so I guess you do like butt chugging or things with that. That's um, great. They were also famous for their butt shakes. <laughs> which, which came in in, uh, in a ton of flavors, including chocolate. I'm just gonna let that sit for a minute. Uh, <laughs> vanilla, <laughs> strawberry, cherry, and butterscotch. So, um, you know, look, I think butt drugs will be missed by a lot more people than than uh, now that they're closing. We all know about butt drugs as a thing. I miss butt drugs already. <laughs> and I've only known butt drugs has existed for like a week. To continue with the puns, I guess not to not to butt in, but uh, it sounds like they were kicking butt with the non-pharmacy portions of their business. Oh, yeah. And 
they just had their butt handed to them by the systems that constipate independent pharmacies. Um, uh, yeah. Hopefully they can find a suppository to get some regularity with yeah. an alternate entrance into business. Uh, <laughs> if it's not too much of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could, we could really go on <clears throat> for this stuff for forever, frankly. Well, yeah. Hopefully they could, uh, you know, I guess, Liquidate some assets as well. <laughs> that's uh, right. That, I don't know if that was called diarrhea or anything as well. But. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, definitely. You could say that that was <laughs> that 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 pharmacy was the butt of a lot of jokes. That's for sure. I love butt jokes. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you you really have to see the commercial itself too, because that's even funnier. I mean, the the <laughs> video on the video on YouTube went viral when it first came out. <clears throat> so it's, oh, it's that's definitely grand. definitely a keeper, absolutely. You know, so so yeah, you can I guess go to butt drugs. Just don't get butt naked. It's butt drugs. That's the, the you don't want to do that. If you're gonna get butt naked, you know, make sure that you do it. You know, like and walk around outside. You know, in public so people can see you, or do gardening in the butt naked. Or you could go to church butt naked and even get baptized butt naked, which is what someone did. Then probably this someone probably should have told this uh, guy in Tempe, Arizona, that getting baptized only washes away the original sin. Okay. <laughs> any, sins, any sins after that are all on you. But the cops in Mesa, Arizona, they arrest this 20-year-old Jeremiah Sykes. After he walks into the One Life Church east of Gilbert Road on University Drive and got butt naked, tried to baptize himself, and then punched mm -hmm. a cop. All right. <laughs> so somebody at the church <laughs> called them around 2:45 p.m. and said this naked guy had climbed into their baptism fountain and wouldn't leave. <laughs> 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 so when the police get there, he was wandering around outside, of course, still butt naked. But now he's holding a blanket he apparently took from the church. The cops say that he admitted that he stripped down because he wanted to baptize himself. They arrested him for trespassing and, of course, indecent exposure. Then uh, once they got him to jail, he uh, took off a sock and threw it at them and then threw a punch and hit a cop in the head and hit another cop in the face whenever they tried to stop him. So then they tacked on more charges for resisting arrest and two counts of aggravated assault. <laughs> now, the court records state that Sykes has had obviously prior arrests for uh, first-degree criminal trespassing and aggravated assault on a correctional officer and criminal damage. So Sykes was deemed non-bailable due to his prior felony warrant. So let's see. The guy gets naked, baptized himself. So hmm, someone definitely drank a little too much of that church wine. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, of course, he even punched the two cops, too. So let's just say this guy probably still needs to find Jesus, you know? Yeah, I, I was saying what I love about this is it, it's almost like the guy's trying to, you know, embezzle himself into heaven. Yeah. And, and who, who, who are we to prevent this guy from, you know, I guess what, eternal salvation? Um, uh. No, I don't think it works that way. And he probably had to also immediately go back to confession after the, yes. the baptism. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, not 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 sure how much penance he's going to have to pay either, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably about, you know, I, I guess a minimum of five years. And uh, <laughs> that, what I would think as well, though, is, is uh, he, he has been born again and, uh -huh. and he'll have a, a new life 
in the state penitentiary, probably. Yeah, that's right. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll he may have an afterlife in the state penitentiary too, for that matter. That's right. I know. I love that though. Uh, yeah, back, breaking into a church to baptize yourself and get naked. I uh, maybe this guy just kind of missed the uh, you know the cue on 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 what what the, like the norm for this kind of thing. But <laughs> what what if he was just desperate to you know he's like look. Uh, the moment is now I'm desperate to get this done. And uh, I don't know, you know, maybe um, there, there might be better ways to go about doing this. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe he just wanted the, the, the Lord's blessing on his life or something too. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. look, there are easier ways to make a little bit of money than trying to, you know, um, break into a church and baptize yourself for favor. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And, and 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 I think that this one might be a more pleasurable way to make some money as well. Mm. So, right, we've got inflation happening. Well, people are uh, turning to all kinds of desperate stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, people yes, are yeah. desperate. Um, we, we, we've got inflation happening, and also our currency is being devalued. Um, right. You might be a little confused. The, the inflation that I'm talking about is in people's pants. Uh, because there's a sex toy company that's offering to pay people $1,000 to masturbate as part of their market research. Mm. So, um, Could that get somebody in the mood? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I guess it depends on the sex toy. Uh, <laughs> Love, Love Honey is, I guess, the, the name of the company. So Love Honey. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're recruiting 10 members to join its new Orgasm Advisory Board. Okay. Uh, now, wait just a minute. They're, 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 yeah. they're looking for 10 members. That, that's a great word to use in a story like this. It sounds like an orgy to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, when I, when I think about the Orgasm Advisory Board, depending on the members that they're looking for, you know, like let's yeah. say they're looking for all female members. Yeah. Would, would, the orgasm advi- would the female Orgasm Advisory Board basically be like, a secret society like the, the Illuminati, <laughs> you know, yeah, because like, it's a conspiracy and a mystery, isn't it? Yes, so that's at least what um, I think we're all supposed to be told. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, 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 be curiosity. Yeah, it would better be for maybe I guess have ten female members and for ten male members. You know, we, you know, can you imagine getting ten male members together for to, for masturbating? Oh yeah, I don't. That doesn't. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, uh, like, I, with only ten people, I think it's gonna be pretty exclusive. So I, I yeah. hope that everybody has you know really That's good a member. resume. I'm kind of not sure how you apply for a job like that. Yeah, like, well, what do you put on your resume for orgasm advisory board job posting? <laughs> you've got me, or is it kind of like an art where you've got like a like a book of of um, you know, different uh, I guess what like work that was done, Technique. like or, or boy, different technique, different technique. <laughs> um, like like a, like a, like a headshots, you know, for like a like an actor or like you know voiceover work for whatever. Well, like, I, I don't know I'm how not, it goes, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of headshot you'd be making in situations like that, though. I, I sure hope it's not based on years of experience because I don't want to see that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I'll, I'll get, continue on here because I'm like I'm, I'm uh, hold everything up here. Um, <laughs> all right, you might be wondering what is an orgasm advisory board? Well, yeah. this is where members will test out and advise on new sex toys. 
the chosen panel will receive $1,000 for a year's service and a monthly package of sex toys worth up to $250. Nice. That's uh, a so, nice that's a nice package for your package. That is. So if you're thinking to make bank, uh, you're it'll look a thousand dollars for a year's worth of service and a year's worth of, I guess you could say, self-service. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm not sure the kind of people are really looking for for this, but um, I'm sure that they're going to have plenty of people willing to, you know, make a little extra dough for this. How how all, badly all did adults. you need a thousand? How, how badly do you need a thousand dollars? I know, right? I know. Um, all adults, eighteen and over, in the U.S. are eligible to apply, regardless of their gender, sexual orientation, and sexual experience level. So, how know, experienced time, do you need to be, though, around. to do this? That's what I want to know. I, uh, you know, um, I, again, I think that goes down to the sex toy that you're dealing with maybe i don't know um experience you, you might have to work up or work into some of those things i think yeah um, right right uh, uh yeah especially if it's like some of the ones we've talked about on this podcast yeah, before that's right. um, <laughs> experience is not a, a requirement love honey says uh, it doesn't matter if you have never masturbated or have a full-blown sex room uh, they will get a chance to be part of the creative process of designing love honey sex toys by offering real feedback in focus groups can you imagine sitting in on some of those focus groups and just the conversation that goes on? Oh, yeah. I've got two thoughts on this. One, you're not paying me nearly enough money for this. And two, I would also equally like to be a fly on the wall in that room because I would be in tears laughing, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> masturbation prompts the, uh, like oxytocin and endorphins, which boosts your mood. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lucky 10 will have to review the sex toys. They are sent every month. Uh, now that's one thing where I would almost have a you know, concern with where what, what happens if they send you a toy that you've got to, um, you know, contractually, uh, I guess what, um, perform experiment with? with perform with, we'll say, and, and may, what, what if that may not be your mojo? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to things. Uh, I guess as PG thirteen as I can here. Um, I don't, again, I don't think you're paying nearly enough money for this. But um, look, I, I guess that's where they. You know, I, I wonder how many guys are going to be part of this board that you know offer a suggestion of maybe making it a little bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so oh, man. well anyway you fill yeah. out surveys you test toys yeah. every month what's what is there more to know well yeah uh, really wouldn't you love to have, have a hidden microphone in that focus group uh, oh my gosh i no. i absolutely like, i hope someone secretly records it and releases it uh love oh. honey they're, they're setting out on a 16 city recruitment tour starting oh. out in new york and los angeles also, the tour is in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, the city which brought the least amount of sex toys last oh. year, or bought the least amount. So maybe they're trying to increase, you know, their, uh, um, I don't know. Their bottom line. Yeah, yeah basically, or uh, their, their bottom, you know, butt yeah. toys. Well, um, just, I mean, hey, uh, is it, just think about uh, Brokeback Mountain when you go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, I guess, right? There you go, yeah. 
Don't, don't they have some new, like, Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke gay cowboy yeah. film coming yeah. out, too? something like yeah. that, yeah, too. So, yeah. like, they're, they're really so. trying to push this whole, uh, I guess, what, Western loving kind of thing. I don't cowboy, know. Um, cowboy love. I know, yeah. Sarah Tomshison. I'm, I'm making this story, like, three times longer than it needs to be because it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> She's Love Honey's resident, uh, resident sexual wellness advisor. So, again, that's a job that exists. Yes. Uh, I would tell nobody this, uh, but imagine on your LinkedIn page that you've got your name <laughs> followed by resident sexual wellness advisor. Um, <laughs> she says, we created the orgasm advisory board to increase our connection with consumers. Uh, she added, self-pleasure is still stigmatized and taboo in so many places. Because of this, we want to take our recruitment initiative to the streets Meet people where they are and educate them about the benefits of masturbation. Yes, there you go. Exactly. And assure them that they will not have hair growing on their palm. Or go blind. Or go blind. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, well, and it's like this. If you've never, ever experimented with a sex toy before and you want to make a cool $1,000, and no experience necessary, you know. I mean, there you go. That's like the perfect, uh, the perfect resume or the perfect job employment ad there for you, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's the perfect employment ad for me, but maybe for you, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, really. So, well, I don't know. I, I but I, I have a feeling they're probably going to have a very long list of people to filter through. That's my, that's my prediction on that. Yeah, it's so. nice fun too. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have any problems with getting any volunteers. So, but, but yeah, well, I, I know we don't have a whole lot of problems getting people to ask questions for Poncho to answer, answer because they're seeking to tap into your sage wisdom here. So we've got a few, um, a couple of questions that uh, we have folks writing in here. And maybe you can provide a little in-depth, a little insight some uh, some some uh, advice, uh, and we've got uh, and, and this I I saw this and immediately can identify with this person that wrote this. So it's it's from Cindy. She says my friend's dog is sweet to everyone but me. Every time I'm over, it just barks at me the whole time. They say it doesn't do this to anybody but me. Now we've tried giving it treats and such. I can't win over this dog, and I love dogs. Now, this reminds me of that adorable, sweet little pussycat that you had at your house for so many years called Angel and was anything but an angel whenever I would come to visit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She hated everybody. This is, <laughs> this is like the cat that grew up everybody. As a, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel for Cindy. I know what it's like. And I like yeah. cats. I feel like dogs are like animals in general. They always seek out the person that's least interested and they're like obsessed with that person. And then I guess the inverse works. Um, when you love dogs, they're probably like, yeah, that is odd though. Cause most dogs are just like, Oh, you give me attention. I love it. But uh, you know, I guess you're the lucky one that just the dog hates. I don't know. You could put bacon in your pocket or you could just uh, find another dog that looks exactly like your friend's dog and replace it. Well, you know, this is something I was even thinking about, too, and I talked about this in an earlier in the podcast, but, you know, the new thing now is to help your skin. People are rubbing beef fat all over their skin. Yeah, you know? well, I saved some bacon. I saw that from the podcast. You know, I saved some bacon grease, um, yeah. you know, uh, for it. You can improve your skin, skin complexion. Right? 
Yeah, and prove yeah. your skin and, and, and get the dog to like you. I'm kidding about the bacon piece, though. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, with, with, um, with, with all that, like, look, I think that you should consider yourself lucky because uh, not every dog needs to like you, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Plenty of animals are going to love you when you come by. At least you don't yeah. have the dog, like, licking all over your feet or legs or something when yeah. you come by because that's annoying. And, and sometimes, yeah. like, animals will just – you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hone in on the person that is like allergic and they're like, true, you are the lap I'm going to sit on. And so it could be worse. I think, I think that you just have a little bit of, of, you know, of, uh, your own, I guess, retrieval for just that moment, you know, and uh, and other dogs, because I'm sure other dogs love you. So you're, you're fine. Um, sure. Consider yourself lucky. uh, (laughs) That's what I say. Um, I've got one more here as well. That is, uh, help. My son put his honor sticker on our new car. Oh Oh, man. Okay. So this is like a catch 22 thing, isn't it? Um, uh, Trevor, he says, I'm very proud that our son is in the honor society and gets good grades. However, I wish his smarts prevented him from slapping on a bumper sticker on a recently new vehicle. I nearly flipped out, but my wife had to talk me down Am I doing something wrong here? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, are you not proud of your? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, of course, you're proud. Uh, yeah, that, that is, uh, people get crazy with their cars. I, I'm not a big car person. I like cars that drive. Yeah. And so if 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 it's a car that I own, and I the bank doesn't own it, you know, um, I own both of my cars now. They're not fancy. They're not right. the newest thing. But man, I love them, and they they run, they run well, they do not break down, and when they do, they with my my one car with is more likely to. It's easy to fix. I can yeah. do it myself, and and so, um, it, it, a car is a car, you know. Uh, I don't know how old your your son is, but he doesn't seem that smart when I hear this whole story. So I guess sure. don't uh, you know? I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's a car. Your kids yeah. are more important than that. I'm sure you could find a way to get it off. Um, but then would you hurt your son's feeling or your daughter or your son? He said, there you go. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, but it's a funny story. So keep it up the funny story. Look, my car, uh, my, my wife's car here, I've, I've told this story before. So any new listeners, uh, my wife has a fit beaver oh. and, uh, it's right. And, and it's, That's right. I know, yeah, it's, it's a classic. Uh, it's it's Mrs. Poncho's Fit Beaver. We could if we had merchandise. I'm sure that that would be one of the merchandise we send down or something. Um, <laughs> there, there's a, a place nearby called Beaver Toyota, and that's where we bought our our Honda Fit. So on the back of our car, they they have the dealership kind of you know I guess what yeah. uh, like embossed kind of you know sticker I guess thing that they kind of have that they put on there with the the, the lettering. It has. Fit for the Honda Fit, and underneath they put Beaver for Beaver Toyota. So on the back of our car, it says Fit Beaver wherever we drive around. That's um, great. And it's hilarious. It's great. I could pull the thing off. I could probably pull it off, and it won't even leave a mark. I yeah. leave it on there because it's glorious and hilarious. And so <laughs> well, make, make a fun story about it, and at least you're not driving around a, a Fit Beaver. But what made me think about this, too, about this particular story, was that I don't know if you ever saw it, it was a pretty – popular picture that went viral years ago on the internet was this kid who apparently adored his dad and he's like a maybe probably about as old as 
punch, a little poncho or maybe slightly older, you know, like three, four or five years old. And you have this little adorable boy standing next to his dad's favorite car. And he has taken something like a screwdriver and wrote, I love my dad and scratched it <laughs> in the paint. <laughs> oh, man. How yeah, would you how would you react to that? You know, <laughs> so you, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> that's yeah, me, I mean, that was I, when, it's, when it scratched into it. Then you're talking like rust could happen there. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, that that is just fantastic. You know, so at least it's a bumper sticker. He didn't take a screwdriver and write it into the bumper. You know, it, 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 it could always be worse. That's true. <laughs> so, well, uh, apparently we're eager to get into the insane game. So you, are you uh, eager to scratch your way in for another set? I'm eager like a fit beaver. Hey! You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. What's going on, guys? It's Dan here. And are you someone that just can't seem to get enough insanity in your life? Well, I have some great news for you. If you tune into the Button Pusher podcast, you'll get plenty of that and more. Give it a listen. The Button Pusher podcast with Daniel Leslie. Check it out on Spotify. Beaver is ready to go with some insane games. So, what, 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 uh, what do you feel fit enough to tackle first thing out on the on the on the thing? Um, let's go ahead and start with gay bar or uh, steakhouse. Oh yeah, the steakhouse or a gay bar. All right. Well, I've got some businesses here. You tell me if it's a steakhouse or a gay bar. Our first business, obviously in <clears throat> Denver, Colorado, it's called Denver Sweet. Denver Sweet. Um, how how is sweet spelt? S U I T E. Oh no, Denver is in like S W E E T. Oh man, I think that's gonna be a gay bar. 
Do you know why? Why would would the spelling make any difference? I well, I don't know. Like, is sweet kind of sounds fancy if it's S U I T. Uh, I guess yeah, I, I don't know, but like yeah. they were sweet. I don't think about sweet steaks. I guess. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, but yeah, you it, sure it, it's not, like, yeah, it, sorry. It, you sure it's not sweat, right? No, no, it's uh, Denver sweet. You you definitely got it right. It you, you, get meat, you get meat sweats, so or you got you got also have other kind of sweat from. That's I guess, true. You know. They got the meat yeah. sweats. <laughs> All right, now you may have heard of this place. I don't know. I'm just taking a guess, but uh, this business is called Saltgrass in Orlando, Florida. Saltgrass. I um, I feel like I should know this, but I, I don't. Interesting name, though. I, I will say, I think it's a steakhouse. Yeah, yeah, salt grass. That is, maybe it's grass-fed steak. I, I, I don't know, but yes, it is indeed a steakhouse. Maybe this, uh, you need to check that out next time you're in Orlando. Sounds like it might be a good place to try out. So here's one uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, called Waikiki. Why Kiki? <laughs> no, Waikiki. K i k i. Why Kiki? Um, why Why Kiki? Why Kiki? I um, I think that there are much more clever names that if this were a gay bar. So uh, I'm going to say it's a steakhouse. <laughs> well, if, I guess it should have been called Why Kinky, but it actually uh, is a a, a a gay bar. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I I should have stuck with it. I should have stuck with yeah. my guns. Yeah, yeah, it was actually a gay bar. <laughs> Why? I'm not even sure what that means, but anyway. But we got one in Detroit, Michigan, and this uh, business is called Minjo's. Um, Min, Min, Minjo's. Minjo's. Uh, Min, Minjo's. I, gosh, these are tough today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Steakhouse for Minjo's. Yeah. M-E-N-J-O apostrophe S. Minjo's. Yeah, well, I, but if, if you think it's a steakhouse, then you would actually be in the gay bar, actually. It's, uh, Ooh, I'm, may, may, I'm missing may, the mark. Yeah, may, maybe it's the Minjo's. I'm not sure, but yeah, anyway. So, well, here's one in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. It's called Wildfire. Wildfire. Uh, well, see, now... Now you got me like questioning myself here. I guess if it was called Wild Flame, then I would say gay bar. But I'll, I'll say Wildfire is going to be a steakhouse. Yeah, well, yeah, Wildfire definitely is a steakhouse. So you you got that very good. Yeah, those are some bizarre names for the gay bars there for sure. But <laughs> if yeah. if Kaliki Maka is the way that you say Merry Christmas in Hawaiian, then maybe was it like Waikiki is Waikiki. just how, how you yeah how you say um, gay bar? I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe something like that. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, well, what do you feel up to next? Well, uh, you know, that was a big uh, hit and miss. Uh, so, or swing and a miss. I, I'm gonna let, let's pull back to maybe, maybe I'll surprise myself with uh, golf course or rehab. Go, golf course or rehab. Uh, All right. We'll we'll see how good your swings are on the golf course <laughs> or the rehab. Your swing and a miss. So, all right. Okay, we've got uh, businesses that you tell me whether they are a uh, golf course or a rehab. Your first one uh, is called Sauna Lake in Rogersville, Missouri. Sauna Lake. This it's sounds like, like a S- good place to relax and yes. renew yourself. I think it's a rehab. Yeah, S-A-N-A, Sauna Lake in Rogersville, Missouri. Yes, yeah, it, it, we talked about, talk about the lake theory too, right? Like stream right. or river versus lake. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. So, yeah, Sauna Lake would definitely be a 
good place to relax. It is indeed a rehab. Very good. All right. Here's one called Still Waters in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Still Waters. Oh, man, this is tough. Uh, Still Waters sounds like a good name for a rehab still, though. Uh, so I, mean, yeah. I, just, I might be I wrong, that- but. It it does have a nice uh, serendipitous name to it, so, but it is indeed a rehab. Yeah, that that's pretty obvious, I would think. So, so what about this one in Jefferson, Oregon, called Pacific Ridge? Pacific Ridge, Pacific Ridge. Now, you always, you don't. I think you kind of doubt my my theory on this, but when you, when you hear the name like Ridge or something, I always think golf course. Still, I'm going to say it's a golf course. It, it, yeah, I must be a, have a beautiful view of the Pacific, anyway. But uh, Pacific Ridge in Jefferson, Oregon, is a uh, is a rehab, <laughs> really? believe it or not. So, uh, well, how about another one? We go from Pacific Ridge to Royal Pines in Hayden, Alabama. Oh, Royal Pines! This is going to be fancy enough to be a golf course. Yeah, yes, it's a very fancy <laughs> rehab. <laughs> what? This is four rehabs in a row. Four, four rehabs in a row. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's try one more. This is Hammock Beach in Palm Coast, Florida. Okay, well, it wouldn't be called golf course or rehab if there was no golf courses so I think it's got to be a golf course. So you're just going strictly by default on this one, huh? Yes. <laughs> so, it's got to right. be. Well, it's also in Palm Coast, Florida. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, it is a golf course. <laughs> so the only golf course in the whole batch right there, man. I mean, that was that was a different mix-up this time. So, all right. What do we have next? What are you up to next? Why don't we do um, – a porn star weatherman. Porn star weatherman. All right, we got some entertainers. You tell me if this person is a porn star or a weatherman. Your first entertainer is Nick Gregory. Nick Gregory. Two first names. Not a good <laughs> yeah. sign. Hmm. Uh, so I think with a name like Nick Gregory, I think it's going to be a porn star. Mm, Nick Gregory. Uh, there was a, a sportscaster, I think, in our area. Uh, has His last name was Gregory, and he's now in, in politics. But Nick Gregory is a weatherman in New York, actually. Well, how about Josh Nichols? Josh Nichols. Um, well, Josh Nich- I'm going to say Josh Nichols is a porn star. Josh Nichols. Is that not that, that, that they don't have two first names on that though, do they? It's just but now, but Josh Nichols is a uh, also a weatherman in New York, oh, actually. Gosh. <laughs> so, well, let's see how you do with this entertainer, Randy West. Randy West. I think that that is a porn star. Oh, really? Does it? it How's that I, differ from Josh Nichols? I don't know. I've got to get it eventually. <laughs> Now, Randy, Randy West can stick it out. He is a porn star. That's exactly right. Okay. And here's one entertainer named Mike Horner. Mike Horner. Are you, are you feeling Randy, baby? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Horner. Okay. Horner, I'm going to say, is, is a, uh, a porn star. It's in the name. Mike. Yeah, Mike. It could have been Mike, Mike Horny. Yeah, Mike Horny. That's right. But but Mike Horner is indeed a porn star. Yeah, you're good. All right, that's good. All right, your last entertainer, 
Mark Dalton. Mark Dalton. Uh, I'm going to say weatherman for this one. Oh, Mark Dalton is an, a porn star, believe it or not. So, yeah, got, got the, what, two out of five on that one, I think, didn't you? So, yeah, um, it's also good. It, I, but, you know, yeah. I'm chilling this week. It's been good. Yeah, okay. all right. Maybe knowing that you're you're having another boy is kind of upset your your uh, equilibrium or something. So, uh, but well, let's go for our strip club or daycare. We've got businesses here. You tell me if it's a strip club or a daycare itself. And our first business is way up in Anchorage, Alaska, called Carousel. Carousel. Um, I'm going to say that is a uh, daycare. A little carousel for the kitties to play on. It's a carousel daycare indeed. Very good. All right. Your next business is uh, all the way out in the other side of that part of the country in Wapahu, Hawaii, called Blossom. Blossom. Um, oh, gosh, this is tough. But uh, I'm going to say this is another daycare. If you go to Blossom, you're going to a strip club oh. in Wapaho, Hawaii. So, oh, yeah, they do things a little different out there on the island. Yeah. All right. I guess they didn't tell me what was blossoming. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Here's one called the Silver Slipper in Ottawa, Illinois. Oh, yeah. This is tough. All right. So, um, there's a difference between silver and glass slippers here. This and I think for. For this, the silver slipper is going to be a daycare. Uh, the silver slipper in Ottawa, Illinois, is a strip club. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't the silver stripper. It's the silver slipper. So I, just you a, know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot, right. a lot of slippers showing up in the porn star. Not, not, not the porn, the, the, uh, the strip club game here recently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, how about this in Romulus, Michigan? It's called Playhouse. Playhouse. Um, Playhouse is going to be a strip club. Oh, you don't think that would be a daycare? I mean, you know, just uh, for the sake of it, <laughs> it's actually a strip club. Yeah. All right. That's good. That actually was kind of a nice play on words. Your last business. Small Wonders in Grand Bay, Alabama. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Well, unless you're talking about like the size of the waist, but usually people go to a strip club to see large wonders. I would say it's a daycare. <laughs> That's never thought of that like that yet. Yes, a daycare indeed. That's great. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've got something you can easily sail right through is our uh, fake news of Florida game here i'll give you some headlines you just tell me if this is totally fake news or if it actually happened in the state of florida we have one headline where a tampa man told police he shouldn't get a dui because he only drank white claws i mean i, I would say that is arguable about whether or not it is considered alcohol but yeah. i think that's gonna be fake news I think that that's probably it's might have been tried a couple of times. I wouldn't be surprised, but definitely it is fake news for sure. Okay. Your next headline, a Marion County man live streamed his police chase in which he hit speeds of 110 miles an hour. Yeah, I'd say that. You see, that would be. I'd say, I'd say it's a Florida story. 
definitely a Florida story on I-95. Sounds like likely. a Florida driver, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. All right. I think I may have even passed drivers like that in Florida at one point. You so. know, I want to say, the one time I was out in the California kind of side of the, um, of, of the country, 110 was like, if you were in the slow lane and you were going 110, you were yeah, being passed I, up. Yeah, I can see that in California completely. It's a well, wild place. Yeah. Unreal. Wow. Well, here's a headline where police in Sarasota were forced to address to were forced to arrest a local sergeant for public intoxication after a stripper handcuffed him to a pole on stage and she couldn't find the keys to the cuffs. That is actually that's unbelievable. I think that's going to be fake news. <laughs> that's, that's even that's too unbelievable. Story. It is too unbelievable even for Florida. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was definitely good i must say that's yeah. great i, I don't right. think fuzzy handcuffs have an actual key that's required for use yeah yeah this is true yeah all right we've got a headline here where a key west couple was arrested for having relations right outside of a police station um yeah you know I, i'd say that the, the danger probably makes it more exciting i guess uh, we'll say that's florida yeah, they're definitely the the riskier the better, I and mean, that uh, would definitely mm. be the Florida part right there. The more risk, the more Florida. <laughs> I guess okay. if you I guess if you saw how how much of a hairpin trigger his wife's libido was at, you would do the same as well. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, all right, we've got your last headline: where a Flagler County man wearing only a speedo invited police to check out his marijuana plants um flagler okay well that's close by me uh i'm gonna say florida <laughs> absolute florida yeah, it, it <laughs> makes sense for that that side of uh i guess the, the <laughs> city that side of the city, yeah, right, yeah. They they live on the other side of the tracks. There, you okay. Well, it, I, you pretty much aced that. I kind of knew you would, so that kind of made it for all the other ones that you kind of sputtered through. <laughs> so definitely, that's I, yeah. You can that is your forte. Yeah. Yes, that is that is the forte right there. So well, uh, I've I've got I've I've been going through some some of the stories for the next week and. You know, this will be the next the next podcast will like be the last one for like what until June because I'll be in Scotland. That's right. Oh man, that's gonna be wild. And then yeah. I'll, I'll see you right after Scotland then as well. Yeah, we're coming back to Scotland. You're coming up to Pennsylvania. I get to meet, uh, get to see uh, baby uh, Pancho again, and uh, we get to see the preborn new whatever you're going to name the new Pancho. Do you think you'll have the name right. decided on by the time that we uh, you come up here? There's there's a chance. Um, I'll I'll yeah. probably share with you at least what we're thinking of. Um, yeah. You know before then. Yeah. So so then we can tell you all about the Scotland trip and all that fun stuff. But I'll yeah. tell you what we got coming next week. I'm I'm reading some of the stuff. Some of the stuff is even. In fact, it's 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 beyond beyond believable. Just uh, I can't even even give you a tease because it's you have to you have to read the headline and let it impact you full in the face because it's great. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, it'll be a episode that we'll definitely go out on a high note on. For oh, that's before, awesome. Before we go on hiatus, so <laughs> you have yourself a great week and um, uh, enjoy uh, your time with the uh, one child before you start amping up your fatherhood uh, skills in the next few months 
Oh yeah, it's gonna be that'll be big. But no, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'll I'll feel like this is vacation compared to yeah. two kids probably. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian music, word music, Twitch and vibes music, and is available wherever you download music. The platform for the podcast is hosted by Anchor. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips at anchor.fm. Download the app from your favorite app store. Hey,